Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I am Anderson Cowan, and I have got a movie to make, and this is Loaded for Bear. Let's make this movie week nine of 36 weeks, which means we are at the end of the first quarter of this feed, of this portion of it, of this project, Loaded for Bear. Let's make this movie is a weekly update where it's all things loaded for bear. It's updates on the projects that are all encompassing uh, as far as loaded for bear goes, which include, but are not limited to. God, I sound like a lawyer. A lot of lawyers speak that I've been reading lately, and you know, you get get to get in contracts and all and all that kind of stuff, releases. So. Uh, yeah, making movies is not just uh, writing down stuff and, and shooting it. I, as in many of you who've heard me talk about movies in the past know that it's not all fun and games and creativity. A lot of it is, I don't want to say mind numbing, that's not fair, but a lot of it is not creative. So anyways, uh, this feed is about Loaded for Bear, which is a feature length documentary that we are already producing. Uh, we're in production. We are shooting um pretty much weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, and we're finding storylines as we go, and we already have quite a few terabytes of footage. Uh, It is also going to be a feature-length film, a narrative feature-length film, I should say, a scripted film, which many of you know, which the documentary is also about. It's about us leading up to getting a narrative narrative feature-length film that uh, from a script that I wrote a number of years ago now called Loaded for Bear. It is also a um, a short... (sighs) A fluff piece. Uh, I'm, I'm making a, a short five to ten minute um, video for the Born to Act players, which is pretty much the main subject at this point, anyway, of the sub uh, of the documentary. And I want Mary Rings, who created this program nearly 30 years ago now to be able to use it to uh, fundraise and to get other people aware of it as well as to possibly um, get other similar programs going in different parts of the country and the world because I think what she does over there is amazing uh, intellectual disability uh, disabilities individuals with intellectual disabilities and gives them an outlet to act and, and she coaches them and teaches them and yeah, many of you know that already so that's what this documentary is about uh, it's also about a fourth thing which I mentioned a little bit last week for the first time and a new development happened in this is um, all on Robert. I give Robert Jarosinski uh, full credit for this. It's his idea, uh, and I think it's a great one. So because of the impending SAG after strike, as I record this, it's June 23rd. Looks like they'll be striking as early as July 1st, which means they will not be able to work on the big studio uh productions they will not be able to don capes and put on little balls on their face uh, little ping pong balls and do cgi stuff for the big studios Uh, they're going to be relegated to take vacations sit at home 
or work on very, very small, what they call micro budgets, which is probably, possibly what our narrative feature will end up being. I'm all for it being more expensive, but once you get past the nine, 920, 950,000 mark, I think it is, once you get a budget beyond 950, everything becomes exponentially more expensive. Think of like if any of you have gotten married and you go in to like rent out a room or something and it costs this much, but once they hear it's for a wedding, like it becomes like triple that amount. That's kind of what happens with uh, budgets and SAG budgets and union budgets. Uh, as soon as you get over a certain threshold, which I believe is 950000 everything costs more. So right now the goal is to keep it below nine fifty, but that all depends on the names that we get attached, the names that we have um, uh, in feature roles. And that's really what it all comes down to. We have four lead roles. Possibly five, but right now, as, as it's written, four lead roles, and they're all pretty juicy roles, I would, I would like to think, uh, as far as the narrative goes. And back to Robert's plan, which is this, if they do go on strike July 1st, they are going to be able to, like I said, go on vacation, sit at home, not work at all, or work on micro budgets, student films, and shorts, and or shorts, because a lot of times student films are shorts. We're not a student film. But we have developed a short film, which is essentially I excerpt a scene, a couple scenes from Loaded for Bear, the scripted script, and rounded it out, gave some more exposition. And this is what I did this while I was in Panama. And we have made four formal offers to four names most of you will have heard of. I'm not comfortable with saying the names here right now. I just... I don't think it's good luck to say names. I also just don't think it's nice to, at this point to you know be putting out names that we're looking for um, into you know a public space where people can hear it. It's just you know it's kind of rude, I think, especially when these some of these some of these actors, four of them who have been offered roles with money attached and all of that stuff and contracts and everything. We've, we've offered their people the roles. So far, we've we've heard back from one. Uh, that's how it goes. They, they take a while and, you know, it's all power positions and um, there's a lot of power plays going on, I'm sure. And it's like, we'll let them wait. But we gave them a deadline, too. This is a there's a ticking deadline, ticking clock. And uh, if we don't hear from them by the end of this month, which is a week from today, I guess we move on or, you know, it's just that's implanted in there purposely so that they have to get back to us one way or another. So we'll see. Uh, we've heard back from, like I said, one 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 people who. One of the uh, management uh, representatives said, okay, we're going to pass it by the team. We've looked it over. It looks good. We're going to pass it by the team and the individual who you would like for your project, and we will get back to you. That's what we've heard so far. The other three are still uh, quiet. But Robert has made phone calls and contact with their camps. So these aren't technically cold offers, cold calls. Uh, they, they actually knew that these were coming in their inbox. They knew a little bit about the project, so they're going to see it, and it's not going to just be noise. Like, uh, you know, I'm sure that a lot of these people uh, that are in these positions, I know that they are. For In fact, when you're sitting in a position to to represent uh, a name or a face, uh, an actor, uh, you get probably some of them upwards of, you know, thousands of submissions and requests a day uh, because anyone with 150 bucks can, $158 can become an IMDb Pro member and you get access to uh, phone numbers and emails, which I have learned also that a lot of those emails and phone numbers have become dummy emails and phone numbers because they're so tired of people just paying $158 to get access to their office <laughs> uh, phones. So sometimes you can get through, but Robert's great. And Robert got uh, a hold of all four of our targets at this point. So that's where we're at. Lines are in the water, as they say. We will see. 
fingers crossed. Honestly, I hate being in this position. I hate being in a, in a position where I really believe in this project. I think it's a great project. I think we have a very, very um, interesting, entertaining I don't want to say important because that's so pretentious, but I mean, movies that we need more movies like representation movies like this and uh, movies that loaded for bear is going to be the type of movie that I I think a lot of people would, would walk out of the theater and, or, or or pushed up after watching it in their home. And they're going to have a different point of view, a different outlet uh, on a certain population and, and it'll be entertaining while doing so. I really believe in this project as does everyone who's involved as, as do all the people who have, um, contributed, which I should have led with. Uh, LoadedForBearDoc.com is where you go. LoadedForBearDoc.com was where you go to learn more about the project and contribute if you would like to contribute. We're getting close to meeting our first quarter goal, uh, and, and then we will move on to the second phase. But right now, uh, we are good to continue production for the next six weeks, six to eight weeks we could squeeze by on. And, you know, I truth be told, we run out of money. I'm, I'm still going to shoot. Mike will probably still want to continue shooting. I don't know how much I can do beyond that, but we'll still be shooting the, uh, the, the classes and hopefully trying to shoot some interviews, even though, even if we ran out of money, I know that's bad business to admit that, but I mean, I'm not going to give up on this, but yeah, your contribution will definitely help. So that's where we're at. Uh, I, I was going to get into it a little bit more about the different versions of this script, the different tones. Um, I do have a couple different ones in mind right now. It's kind of in, in the middle. Um, there is definitely room for this script to be prestigious, a little more prestigious, a little more serious, uh, a little more buttoned up, I guess, uh, than it, the way it's written right now. There's also room for it to be much more goofy, which it was a little goofier at one point and to just kind of go, you know, over the top with the, comedy and you know make it kind of more of a like like a goofy movie which would still have a message and i think it would still have the same effect but those are the two two different styles i could see this going in honestly i like it kind of being uh, one foot in one foot out and being down the middle a little bit which is the way it's written right now uh it really kind of comes down to who we can cast and i don't i don't like to admit this often, but honestly, it, it, it'd be great to work with faces. It'd be great to work with, with names. Obviously there's, there's actors out there that I absolutely and totally admire. And I'd probably be quite frankly, be somewhat intimidated when first working with them. Um, that said, there, it's a very different process when you're in this position and you're just offering people roles rather than having them audition. And I do not like that side of it. I do not like this, this part of it. I do not, I do not feel hundred percent confident in just offering people roles, uh, while I do know them as actors, um, I, I'm familiar with them and what their range could be and what is, because I've you know been watching them in TV shows and movies for years, some of them for decades. Still, not having them read some sides is what they're called, sides, like little excerpts from the script and, and see them trying to get into the character that I've written and developed makes me kind of nauseous. I don't, I don't love it, but I mean, that's the game you got to play. You don't have people read for you. You hope that they say yes to your small little project and you go from there. So what I'm saying is like, if we were to have to go with a, a different route and go with more unknown actors, I know that the movie probably wouldn't fare as well at the box office or be as easy to sell and, and distribute, but it is, it is an option down the road that I am willing to definitely uh, explore. And I 
do love. I, it's one of my favorite parts of making movies and that's the casting part of it and uh, holding auditions and having people come in and give their different interpretations uh, on, on the characters. And we did that for groupers for every single role and it was fantastic. And sometimes you just have that aha moment where somebody walks in and they immediately exude the character that, that you're looking for. And, uh, there are plenty of roles in loaded for bear where I could, I'm still going to be able to do that. But for the big main roles, you don't get to do that if you're looking for names and faces. So, Hey, it is what it is. I'd be very, very pleased to get any of our targets that we're going after. Um, and, uh, hopefully we have some more news on that. Um, next week I will talk at you week 10 so far. I think we're pretty much on schedule for all this. We're a quarter, um, like I said, a quarter of the way in and, We've got quite a bit, um, quite a pretty good start there with the uh, production on the documentary. And so we're looking to cast the short and continue to develop um, and rewrite and, and tweak the script, the feature length, uh, which will be going out very soon with the pitch deck that Catherine and, and Robert uh, have helped create along with uh, Joe. And uh, also in the weekly meetings, the weekly producer meetings, which I'm about to do right now, as soon as I get off the phone with you guys here. I will be using names. I will be keeping everyone up to date who's a part of those meetings because um, I want everyone to be uh, – that's not public either. So I'll, I'll be saying the names of the people that we're going after. But I just don't feel comfortable doing it here. Sorry, guys. But, I, hey, if we get any of them, you'll know, obviously. So, all right. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, hope to have some exciting news next week. Next week will be – oh, yeah, we'll be at the uh, the deadline pretty much by the time I record this next week. So, cool, exciting. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next week. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.